Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Our number two Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. The second hour of Oilers Now. Brought to you by Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Now, you can reach us at any time on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. That is the same number, 780-496-0063, where you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. In this hour... We'll have Greta Trivia at 124. Mark Spector coming up in about 18 seconds' time for the horses and horse racing Alberta presenting live standard bread racing Saturdays and Sunday nights out at Century Mile. Spectator access limited due to COVID restrictions, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. And Jack Michaels, my play-by-play partner, at 135 today. We welcome back to the show Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector. How you doing, Mark? Oh, you know, not bad. A little bummed out. It should be Great Cup weekend in Regina this weekend. It should be, you know, thinking about either going to a Great Cup party or maybe if you're lucky enough to be in Regina, having some fun, going out to the football reporter's suite tonight. So it's I'm doing okay, Bob. A little melancholy about the CFL this weekend. Now, do they stock that suite up uh, full of comp booze? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, we always. <laughs> I wonder why you missed that. <laughs> it's a long tradition. The old, uh, they call it FRC, the Football Reporters of Canada, have had a sweep back going back to like Don Fleming's day, Bob. And yeah. you know what? It's, it's, it's a place where you gather with writers, but it's also a place where, you know, the people show up, the commissioner will walk in for a drink at the end of the night. Uh, Danny McManus, I remember drinking the place dry one night with his buddies. Uh, you know, guys, players, uh, just CFL people just stumble in there, and it's, there's just a lot of good tales came out of there over the years, Bob, and uh, it's always a fun place to be in a November weekend. Well, they used to call it the Grand National Drunk back in the day, as I recall, and, uh, you know, you and me are roughly of the same vintage, uh, and we're spoiled by the Eskimos' uh, five great cups in a row. I know Hugh Campbell was on last night with Reed Wilkins. And- oh, was he? Yes, and just uh, we'll parlay that into something else in a second. But just in terms of, of you know maybe the 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 challenge the CFL and I know they announced their 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 schedule for the 2021 season today. Obviously, yeah. doing so during you know Grey Cup week, which I I, I understand that um, these situations remain fluid. Are you concerned about the CFL? 
long term? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say I am, but I think I was before. Um, you know, a, a week, how would I say, Bob, like a, a strong league, a strong animal can take a bullet and survive it. You know, and, and the opposite is true for a weak one, right? And let's face it, you know, the C, I like the CFL product. I'm an old guy. I can watch a CFL game between any two teams. doesn't matter. I'll watch the game. But you can't deny that the coming generations, my sons, um, you know, every kid, people who are younger, even guys in their 30s, they're not CFL football fans or NFL football fans. So I guess I'd say to you, Bob, I was afraid for the CFL's future before this pandemic, and they got to get on the field and they got to cult. They, they got to cultivate new fans, and they're surely not going to do that when they're not playing games. Well, I mean, I, you know, I grew up listening to Brian calling the games, Brian Hall, and so did I. Uh, you know, Labor Day. You know, before school would start, you'd be out. I remember being out in our acreage back in Fulton, near Fultonvale, and listening to CJCA for like three hours before the game, and then going inside and watching the game on TV. Right, and so I was totally into it, and and marginally an NFL fan. But we didn't get NFL until after the CFL was over on the Canadian uh, channels at that time, and we didn't have cable out on the acreage. You know, some people would some people would call it Farmer Vision back in the day. It was, I, yeah. I, I'm totally here to tell you, like, you know, fantasy football, virtually any guy I know, is, or, or frankly, any sports fan, male or female that I know, is that he's got a fantasy football team uh, that's NFL-driven. Uh, a lot of my friends are heavy, hardcore college football fans. Uh, college football and the NFL have really opened up the offense, and the CFL used to be the way better offensive game. So... I have some empathy for the appreciation uh, and appreciation for the position that uh, the EE football team and the CFL spec are going to be in when they do indeed come back. Yeah, and you know, you make a good point. Like there was a time when, when if you watch five different NFL games, at least two of them would end like twelve six, you know, or or put it this way, one of the two, neither team would score twenty points in the game. How about that? And so the NFL has changed that completely, right? The NFL is is a far more offensive league. It's kind of there's some irony here, Bob, because you know I'm looking at the quarterbacks that are that are really at the you know the genesis of of the revitalization of the um, American offense, and I'm looking at guys like Mahomes and KC. I'm looking at Murray. Uh, down in Arizona, right? I'm looking at uh, Wilson in Seattle, and I'm thinking of Damon Allen, and I'm thinking of Tracy Ham, and I'm thinking of Condridge Holloway, and I'm thinking of J.C. Watts, right? All of those guys 25, 30 years ago, they wouldn't be playing in the NFL because they're black quarterbacks and they're small quarterbacks, and that's why we love the CFL because those guys that come north, and we have such an appreciation for how good they are. You miss the best of them. Which one? Warren Moon. Well, okay, but Warren Moon was six foot three or whatever. He was, he he was, was a like, bigger guy. Well, he was. I mean, he wasn't his, a, you, you you brought up the well. I don't know if you specifically meant to bring up race, but the fact of the matter is, he was the guy of I all did. of the of all yeah. of the guys. He's the guy that had the physical tools to have oh stepped it to step in and play right away, right? And he right. had to no. kind of prove it. Fortunately for us in Edmonton, who grew up yeah. watching the, yeah, the right. guy. Who, I mean, the guy's in two Hall of Fames. That's all you need to know. He's in the CFL Hall of Fame and he's in the NFL Hall of Fame. So what does I, that tell you? Yeah, no, I, I mean, no, no, I, I exclude him from that list because it, 
he was he's such an obvious you know he's the prototypical quarterback even today in stature in game he can play in the pocket he can roll he did everything but my point is that a lot of those little quarterbacks in the states right now might you know 20 years ago they didn't get a chance to play there they got a chance to play here and we all fell in love with the cfl watching the damon allens and all those guys play now this nfl's got them and the nfl's good and it's exciting and i'm trying to wait for the cfl to have an answer to this bob uh, i'm not sure there is an answer to that well i mean and the other thing that's happened is the rules i mean if you were a fan of the pittsburgh steelers and we're going to talk to jack coming up at 135 he's not a steelers fan though he's from western pennsylvania like the pittsburgh steelers secondary used to just physically abuse receivers you know oh my they, goodness. they were yeah. all over them and late hit the quarterback that was part of the game. You did that every play. Like, every sure, chance you back. had, you're trying to get a headshot in. Now they protect the – you touch the quarterback now, and it's a 15-yard penalty. Uh, you get targeting penalties. Like, what used to be a great hit in college football 10 years ago, 12 years ago, yeah. you're, you're, you're thrown out for the rest of that game for targeting, then you have to sit out the first half. And it's totally opened up to the offense in college football and the NFL. And you know what, Spec? Offense drives numbers for the fans, too. It does. Uh, Sure. And you know what? Let's bring it to hockey. I give you uh, Exhibit A, Rafi Torres, right? We used to love his hits. Now we hate his hits, (laughs) you know? So that's the way the world has gone. And, you know, listen, to to bring it back to the CFL, uh, just because the NFL got more exciting, it doesn't mean the CFL got less. Uh, I personally enjoy the game played on the big field. Uh, I get it. It's AAA football at best. They're not the same athletes as in the NFL. The best ones go to the NFL. I get all that stuff. I don't need that explained to me. But a night at a CFL stadium watching a good CFL game in a Canadian summer, uh, I don't see why we have to do away with that just because we like the NFL. Why can't we have both? Mark Spector joining us right now for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live standard red racing each Saturday and Sunday evening at Century Mile. Spectator access limited due to COVID, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. All right. Uh, I always credit the source. You know that, Spec. Last night, Reed Wilkins put a question out. Who's the greatest coach in Edmonton sporting history? And he listed Percy Page, Claire Drake, Hugh Campbell, and Glenn Sather. It's a good list. Oh, boy. Yes, it is. I didn't personally know Percy Page, but... Nor, nor did uh, I. Only of his history, which was, you know, impeccable. So, uh, did the, like, was a study concluded? Do we have a winner? Uh, you know what? Uh, that's I, I, I'm thinking Slots might have won it. I think Claire Drake came in second, and I don't know if that's necessarily fair to Hugh Campbell, who is a pretty good coach, but yeah. Hugh would be the first to tell you he had two great coordinators, obviously, Don Matthews on defense and Pops Joe Farragelli uh, mm. on offense at that time. Slots but had pretty good assistance too, pal. Yeah, right. John Buckler and Danny yeah. Green. So, yeah. uh, so I mean, look, you and me both came out of the U of A. We love Claire Drake, but give me uh, the floor is yours, Mark. For three minutes, I'm going to get out of the way here. What do you got? <laughs> well, I'll lean on your memory to tell me how many uh, national championships and Canada West championships Claire Drake won in his time here. He won six uh, national titles in 28 years. Okay. And in a different, like, it's just a different format. It's hard to compare to pro hockey. 17, pro 17 conference titles, by the way. 17. Right. So, 
To me, it's between, with due respect to Glenn Sather, well, I don't need to tell people what Glenn Sather did here. To me, it's between Hugh Campbell uh, in a short window and Claire Drake in a long one, Bob. I mean, Hugh Campbell came here in 77. The Eskimos went to the Great Cup in 77 and lost. That was a staple bowl, if I remember that. In Montreal, they got hammered. Uh, then they won five in a row. It really became the greatest dynasty in the history of the Canadian Football League, probably the best team ever to lace it up. So then he left. He went to the, what, USFL, right? Is that where he went? LA Express and then to the Houston Oilers. That's right. So anyway, in a six-year period, he went to six great cups. He won five of them. He left behind the most legendary CFL team ever to to tie up their cleats. Uh, I don't see, you know, what? He could have been a better coach if they won the Staple Bowl. That's about it. <laughs> you know, and won six in a row. So Hugh Campbell, to me, is right at the top. But long-term, you know what? Claire Drake, on a more local level, built something here uh, that endures today. You know, like, let's let's talk about longevity here. Uh, the Oilers obviously have had fallen off after Slats, you know, left. And, I mean, there's ebbs and flows. The Eskimos, the same thing. You know what? Claire Drake built that Golden Bears program, Bob, and it's never fallen off, right? It might have had, I think it had a, a wonky season along the way. But it is still, to this day, the elite franchise in its league at Canadian University Sports in this country uh, and and with a foundation laid down by Claire Drake and Bill Morris don't forget Bill Morris but if we're talking about the best coach I, I don't know how you look past Claire Drake I mean in my eyes he's been gone for a few years now he still his influence still drives that Golden Bears team uh, and with due respect to Sather and Campbell I'm not sure you'd say that quite so much uh, All right, there, Gene Spall. All right, here's what, I, here's what I'm going to get. Here's what I'm going to give you. Claire won six uh, national titles in 28 years, 17 conference titles. Uh, the caliber of men that he brought along, yeah, spe- spectacular, right? Like that. His filled our city with character individuals, and filled he it. was years ahead of his time in his approach to to players and and how he yep. treated people. Uh, Hughes' record speaks for itself. I actually chose Glenn Sather, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, and I'll tell you why, because we witnessed at the highest level of sport in this city, we witnessed, I think, the greatest hockey team that ever played. I I know they won five cups in seven years. I know the Canadians won five back in the 50s. There were only six teams, and they got everybody uh, seemingly out of Quebec at that time. Uh And I know the Canadians had a four-year run, and the Islanders had a four-year run. Uh, Canadians late 70s, Islanders early 80s. But for me, it was the style and panache that the Oilers had throughout the 1980s, the highest-scoring team in NHL history, the way they played the game, and his ability to coach. And he might not have been the greatest technical coach in the world, but he knew how to get the most out of people, and he too was ahead of his time, Spec. He didn't break down all those young guys and build them up. They made mistakes, and he kept riding with Now, they didn't have a, a lot of other, but it was his philosophical approach that helped make those players even better than people thought. Like Wayne Gretzky set him aside. He's the greatest player of all time. Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson, all became way better players than people thought they were capable of being when they were drafted, or they would have been drafted higher. You know, Coffee and Fear were top ten picks, so they were they were going to be pretty good. But I think Glenn, I think Glenn uh, 
did you know did a wonderful job developing those guys. And it's hard for me to say this as a guy who loves the U of A program not to pick Claire number one. But I got a, something else just on Claire. I think if Ian Herbers coaches the U of A for 20 years, we might look at Ian Herbers as being the greatest coach the U of A has ever had. Seriously. You take a look at how dominant his teams are relative to that league. They crush those teams. We might be looking at it that way. Glenn Sather coached, I think, the greatest team in NHL history, and as a result, for me, he's the best coach in evidence sporting history. But I totally respect your perspective, Mark. Well, I mean, it's, you know, one thing in Edmonton here, like, we'll talk about the flip that these three guys were, were arguing over here, right? You know, like, how many cities can, you know, of our size, a city of a million and a bit, can say that that can have this conversation with three guys of that level. I mean, Canadian, you know, Drake is called the dean of Canadian college coaching. There's no one, right? There's no one in Claire Drake's shoes in his field. Uh, Glenn Sather is a, a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, world renowned for the for what he did with what he had. And then, like you say, Hugh Campbell, six and seven, you know, five and six years. So. We're lucky, man. It's just another sign of, of sort of growing up in this town. It's, why is this a good sports town? You know, it's chicken or egg, right? Did, is it because those guys came or did those guys come here because it's such a good sports town? I don't know. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's been a good place to grow up, Bobby. A little bit of luck along the way. One final question for you, Mark. Uh, you know about the negotiations between the NHL and the NHLPA. Uh, I know you have your pulse on sort of the appetite out there in the general public. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a person that believes that smart people find ways to work together uh, to, to come up with solutions. There has to be a solution to this for, for both the players and for the league, is there not? Yeah, there is, and and there will be a. I thought that Elliot's most poignant uh, statement was when he spoke to you just recently, you know, twenty minutes ago or whatever it was, that that the the players don't want to be seen to be giving back more salary. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to take that seventy-two percent or whatever it is and go down. They'll defer it, right? They'll they'll mix around with escrow. They'll do some things. But I think the players need to save a little face here. The players can't be seen as to be completely capitulating. So to me, the ball's in, in the Batman's court. Everybody gets it. You know, everybody gets it. These owners, this isn't the owners crying poor and then putting 20,000 people in Chicago Stadium and, and selling them right. all $14 beers, right? We're not there. That's not what we're doing. So the owners need to come up with a way that the players can agree to take less money but not walk away like they just got hammered and that they completely capitulated. If the league can sell that uh, product to the players, we'll be playing hockey. Uh, are the beers $14 in Chicago spec? Oh, my God. I don't know what they are. But I went to a Bears game once. I think it was 12, and that was several years ago. So <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, uh, I had a uh, glass of wine. Courtesy of Cal and Ken Nichols, uh, Jack Cookson was with us, uh, a guy named Craig Briggs as well, with uh, Bill Wirtz before he passed away in, oh, yeah. uh, at the end of the 5 6 season, right around the time that the Alberta Golden Bears lost the University Cup trophy at uh, Club uh, Malibu University back in the day. Same, right in the same window, because I was having a deal with that on the Friday morning as I was flying in in Chicago. And after the owners, after the owners game that night, I, I got invited upstairs, and uh, Pat LaForge was there as well, and we met Mr. Wirtz and talked about the Muldoon curse and. 
uh, I, I, he goes, son, how'd you like to have a glass of this wine? And I'm thinking to myself, that glass of wine is worth more than I make in an entire year. So it was, it was, it was pretty funny. There was some amazing. There was a, there was a picture spec. There was a picture of uh, Mr. Wirtz bouncing on El Capone's knee. On the right, wall. Eh? Oh yeah. Well, if that's not Chicago, I don't know what is. That is Chicago right there. Awesome stuff, Mark. Have a great weekend. Talk to you on Tuesday. All right, Bobby. Take care. You bet. That is Mark Spector. All right, 124 in Edmonton. When we come back, we're going to play Oilers Now trivia for Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar. Eat, drink, and play. We'll take a quick time. I'll be right back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Nothing to report at this time, by the way, at 127 on an extension for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You heard Elliot Freeman in between 1230 and 1 talking about the fact that not a lot of business is actually getting done on sort of contract negotiation stuff for individual players. Obviously, the focus right now on the deal between the NHL and the NHLPA. Two Oilers Now trivia brought to you by Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play. Brendan Escott, what are people playing for? $50 in gaming credit to the arcade games from past and uh, present at Greta. All right. In 2007, the Edmonton Oilers had the 6th and the 15th overall picks. They actually ended up getting a third first rounder when they moved a couple other picks to get uh, 21. Uh, They had the 6th overall pick. They ended up taking Sam Gagne, but the Oilers were trying to trade up in that draft year. They were very intrigued in a player that ended up going third overall. Who is that player? It's 780-496-0063. So name the player that the Oilers were trying to trade up to get in the 2007 draft uh, who ended up going number three overall. Uncle Milt down at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin telling me the other day, hey, they need some trade-ins. Ford Motor Company will give you a trade-in bonus of up to 2500 for a 2016 model or older. The team at Brent Ridge Ford is keeping your safety their top priority. They will comply with all AHS safety protocols. Go down and see Uncle Milt Rich, Johnny, the staff at Brent Ridge Ford. A lot of winter fans there. They'll set you up. They're their, your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. 128 at Edmonton. Jack Michaels is coming up today at 135, but not before we head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.